Hi, I'm Angie, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We're the Faithless Sisters, and this semester we're taking a new look at the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. We're looking at how God is revealing and working His plan for man's salvation through these books of the Bible. We're following Dr. Chris Miller's class at Cedarville University, and we're excited that you're joining us in our discussion of his teaching. We can't wait to learn more of God's character and plan. Well, hello. We are um, cracking up amongst ourselves because we are just talking about how Angie's soothing voice like lures us into our discussion. She's just like, let's just, let's just go. We can't wait. We can't wait. And we're all dying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can't yeah. wait either now. So. <laughs> okay. Well, you thought Exodus 1 through 12 was a lot of information. Gird your loins, folks. It is. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good term. I wasn't expecting that. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to hit 13 mm. through 40. In fact, when I sat down to do my homework, my husband said, um, you're, you're doing Bible study right now. This is like 930 at night as he is in the bed. And I was like, yeah. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, like the second, like the second half of Exodus. And he was like the second half. And I said, well, actually like 13 through 40. And he goes, <laughs> and you're doing this now. And I said, Yes. <laughs> this was like 9 30 and he said and how like how soon do you have to be done I was like I don't know like 10 o'clock time he was like <laughs> okay good luck see you in the yeah. morning <laughs> every journey starts with the first step That's yes. even if it's at 9 30 at night <laughs> yes ma'am but he looked at me like I was nuts like you're gonna yeah. get what like, good luck Here's Suzanne. I'll just walk real fast. <laughs> That's what I'll do. Oh my goodness. Okay, so we finished um, with the Israelites being released from Egypt, should we say? Um, and don't let the door hit you on the way out is kind mm-hmm. of yeah how yeah. the Egyptians felt. And now um, we're coming to the actual Exodus, and. Um, Y'all know I love a little subtitle here, and I call this section here, um, God's Got This. It'll be okay, right? Because we're going to look through right here, um, Exodus 13 through 15, and this is where um, Pharaoh has decided, yes, you can go, and then he's like, oh, no, they left. Um, with all of our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we shouldn't really let him go. Let's go get him. Let's go get Mm. him. And now they're being hunted. Mm -hmm. By 600 of his best chariots, Mm -hmm. all of his army and all of the chariots in Egypt and officers over all of them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, horsemen, and troops. Yeah. This is no small undertaking. And I do have to say that I laughed out loud reading this because it's like Pharaoh sent 600 of his best chariots and all the other chariots. So it's like, you get the, the, the ones in the back of the shop, we'll give you the rental chariot, (laughs) but we're also going to send you 
with like <laughs> the really good ones. You want the Lamborghini ones too? Okay. But then you, you take the ones in the back of the rental shop. Yeah. How confusing would that have been? Like you're seeing the Lamborghinis, you're seeing the big ones. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid. Is that Joe Schmo back there? Like, what is he doing here? <laughs> right. Did that come from Ed's junk and stuff? What's happening here? <laughs> Isn't he the guy that does the hamburgers? Are we like, maybe we could get some food. I don't know. <laughs> oh. That's where food tricks, food trucks first started. <laughs> Uh, no, it's it's terrifying. Don't lie. Uh, to me, it's like there's no lie about that. That yeah. that would be terrifying. And then people kind of pitch a fit too. It's like, whoa, what have you done? Brought us out here to die in the desert? Right. Yeah, yeah. They're not they're not too confident that there's a way out of this. And they've right. forgotten. They have forgotten how hard it was and how they cried out to the Lord and and how they had to make bricks after they gathered all their straw. I mean, yeah. all they did was whine and cry and want out and, and understandably so. But now it's like oh we are in trouble and you have brought us, you have brought right. us to die. But they've also just seen those 10 plagues hit Egypt. And they've seen God rescue them because they put the blood over the lentil and they passed out of, they, the death passed over them. So they've seen some pretty bad stuff and some pretty good stuff all in their favor. Right. Right. But they're all upset. Like what's, you brought us out here to die. How easy is it to remember all the good things God's done when you're looking at the Red Sea knowing you can't swim, mm -hmm. right? You have a cart of things and you have a, Pharaoh's army, which was one of the best armies at the time, yeah. with the chariots, which were really major weapons of war, big deals, mm -hmm. coming like at you, right? A tank. It's like I could see myself as the Israelites going, this is the plan. God, this is a bad plan. It's a bad <laughs> plan. You know, it's like just because when I'm only looking at what's in front of me, right? Only seeing what's in front of me. And back again, this is with Abram, Abraham, right? He never fully saw everything. Right. God was going to do. And he continued to not look what was at what was in front of him, but look to the future of what God would be doing. And he kept uh, by faith walking on the promises. So thankfully Moses walked by faith here, right? Yeah. His response is beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Cause he just says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Don't I'd be afraid. I thought yeah, it was don't swim, be quick. <laughs> swim quick. Swim <laughs> quick. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't be afraid. Yep. Stand still. Yeah. yeah. And really, Moses is far more gracious than I would have been. Because I would have been like, y'all, pull it together. Look what just happened. Do you think he's going to bring us out here? And do you think he is so terrible that he's just going to be like, <laughs> now you're stuck? No. Mm -hmm. no not me i'd be like fine go they could use one or two of you people to help them go ahead <laughs> i volunteer you joe Schmo. <laughs> that's right you whiners <laughs> well no, i would be i would have been afraid too those are really hard circumstances and i it is kind of terrifying when you see pharaoh's army coming at you yeah i wonder if Go, go ahead, ahead, Suzanne. No, go ahead. Well, if it's like if being stuck between a rock and a hard place, if this mm -hmm. kind of term kind of came up. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, in order to um, show the direction that they're supposed to go, God is also providing these giant pillars, a pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night. And I mean, that in and of itself, I think is relatively terrifying. I agree. We don't know where we're going to go, but we're just going to follow this giant pillar of smoke of clouds. Like, did you ever watch lost? There's like this smoke monster who comes through. (laughs) Really? I mean, uh uh-huh. But I would have, anyway, that's a whole other. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, But even that's so supernatural in and of itself it is a physical manifestation of the supernatural power of god mm-hmm. that they have in front of them and then when the the armies are coming then they stand behind them to protect them like we're going to serve okay. as a barrier here um it's, the whole thing is dramatic and terrifying and you should really read your bible yeah you gotta remember how well do they know god at this point i mean they've been enslaved in egypt for 400 years they, they're not really necessarily all serving God during that 400 years. So there are plenty of those couple million people out there probably who really don't know other than what they've just seen happen mm-hmm. in the last however many days. They really don't know. Can they trust him? Can they not trust him? I mean, yes, he's supernatural. Yes, he's shown great power. But that still doesn't mean that they could just jump on board and trust him and, oh, no big deal. I mean, I've been walking with God for, you know, over 60 years, and there are still times where I don't just jump on board and trust him. And I've had plenty of years of experience with him and seeing his mercy and his grace and his miracles. And still sometimes it's not easy Mm -hmm. to just jump on and trust. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that these all knew him all that well not all of them some of them but not all of them I think that's a really great point because he you know he's been absent for 400 years Mm -hmm. and it's only because he says okay now it is time now I've been watching this but now it's time so his presence has not been there with them for 400 years which is generations yeah enough generations in separation between Jacob Mm-hmm. and now yeah yeah that's a great point hmm. so I gave him a little bit of slack in that if I have trouble trusting sometimes how much more trouble might they have had yeah yeah I, I wonder how Moses would feel so you know God did all those things with him spoke to him on the mountain the same thing but you're He's been put in these difficult positions, but it's like, okay, this is a new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because now we're approaching the Red Sea. Right. We are at the Red Sea. We have all of our stuff. We have all the Egyptian stuff. Plus, we have the Egyptians coming behind us. Yeah. So now what? And God's like, it's fine. Just stick your staff in your hand up in the air. And um, then you can, I'm just going to move the seeds and you can just go through it. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. No big deal. It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. And he does, but his mm-hmm. arm is so tired. Like he has people helping him hold his arm up. Right. And yeah. so they get through um, the Israelites get through Pharaoh's falling or Pharaoh's armies are following behind. 
and then their stuff jams up. I love this. The army's equipment was jammed. Like my Bible actually uses the word jammed. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. So then they're stuck and they're in the Red Sea and God's like, take it down, Moses. This is the end. Like this is the ultimate mic drop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boom. Boom. And they're washed away. Yeah. Talk about dramatic ending. So well, and it, they the the uh, pharaohs chariots and stuff get bogged down. Or what did you say, Suzanne? Jammed. jammed. Get jammed. But the Israelites walked through on dry land. Mm-hmm. And I I I don't think I'll ever get over that part of it. I mean, everything's a miracle. Everything's amazing. But they walked through a, a, on dry land under the sea that was just covered with water. I mean. Okay, sand does absorb pretty quickly and all that. But come on, you two million people making a pass Mm -hmm. and it was dry. Yeah. And and what Angie was saying, walls of water on either side. Yeah, it's not that the water just receded, the wall backed up, the water backed up. So they were big walls of water on the left and on the right. Can you imagine having enough courage to walk in there, especially Mm. the non swimmer? Yeah. Okay, so then I'm putting this as like the huge symbolism of this. We come to points in our life where it's just like, God, there's no way out for me. This is terrible. I have people coming at me from this side. I have people complaining to me about what's going on. The only way through is I've got to get through something that I absolutely have no ability to get through. Yeah. And then God, you know, in belief, reach out your hand, walk through that. Not only do you walk through it, you're on dry land. And I completely save you. I completely get you to the other side. And all those enemies and the people who are pursuing you, yeah, they didn't make it. God does that with our problems, our issues, our concerns. We care about a loved one. God, there's no way for this person to be healed. There's no way for this person to get better or whatever. And it's like, no, there is. There is. And maybe even just an affirmation of like, Lord, you open the Red Sea open away from please, you know, mm-hmm. but the part that has to happen is they all had to, again, engage in that act of faith. Mm-hmm. They had to start walking and, and walk yeah. into it. Right. Yeah. And they had to walk into it. And that's what we have to do too. Yeah. So we, we walked through the Red Sea and we end up in the desert on the other side mm-hmm. and um, it's wine o'clock somewhere. Yes, because (laughs) we've just made it through all of these perils. And now the Israelites are fighting and quarreling. And they're like, we're tired. We're hungry. We're thirsty. We would have been better off there. Don't you remember how we could eat all the time and we had water? And never mind the fact that we were being beaten to death. But right, right, and our and our firstborn boys killed, and right, yeah. you know, um, but they they grumbled and they fussed and whatever, and God was so good. This is just an example of God's goodness again because He's brought them through there. And remember, they don't have the relationship aspect of the t- the time with God. They just are very transactional still at this point. Mm-hmm. Um. But God's like, it's okay, I've got it. So for food, he sends manna and quail. For water, there is a rock that Moses hits 
and it just water comes streaming out gushes water fresh yeah. cold wonderful water I bet you didn't even have to use the Brita pitcher on it I mean I bet <laughs> it was just that good <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm really more into the man of myself the frosted flakes yeah I'm way into that yeah. <laughs> yes. in the video he was like they're great <laughs> like <laughs> yes they are <laughs> but yeah. I love the fact that manna itself means what is it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they look at it and they're like great what is it <laughs> yeah oh my but god is providing over and over and over again and he has not only helped now um to escape but now he has um he's providing food every single day and water every single day and he's teaching the people to trust him day by day. Yeah. He's building that relationship because he's like, don't store up this manna because it's not going to be good. Yeah. This is a day by day practice, which is so poignant to us. Mm-hmm. It has mm-hmm. to be a day by day trust and building of relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's such a beautiful picture of it. Mm-hmm. So... Now, where do we head from here? We head to the law. The big 10. <laughs> yes. And the third, the first day of the third month after leaving Egypt, the Israelites come to camp in the area of Sinai. And this is where many of you have probably heard of Mount Sinai. This mm-hmm. is like... This is a big scene here. A big scene. Yeah, there's, there's, God inhabits the mountain and the people are told they can come to the foot, they can come to the mountain, but don't touch the mountain. No animal can touch the mountain. Nobody can touch the mountain. I had a lot of problems with it earlier, but I've gotten better about that. Um, because everything in me wanted to just go just a little bit. <laughs> I'm or, not really, I haven't touched it. I haven't or, touched it. I know. Or what if I touched it with a stick <laughs> or something like that? And I was like, I really struggled with it. But when I came into my small group and talked about it, they said, yeah, you know what? When God says no, he means no. Means yep. No. I was like, oh, got it. And so another piece that I read here and I'm just curious about, um, don't touch the mountain or the foot of it or they shall surely be put to death either by stones or arrows, meaning you don't touch them either because something must, I don't know if it transferred Mm -hmm. or what the deal is, Mm -hmm. but they are people that you need to back away from and kill them before something happens. Yeah. And here's the thing that I really love about that section here is, um, and this is in 19 through 23. So if you're reading along, read 19 through 23 here. Um, But God is an equal opportunity hands offer. Because he doesn't say like, you, 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 this is good for you, but it's not good for you. Oh, this is good for you, but it's not good for you. This is like blanket statement. Now he does go through and call out Moses. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's, he is not like this tribe, you're not good enough. This tribe, you're good. This is like an equal opportunity. All skate. Everybody is included. But these are the rules. (laughs) It's an all skate. I like that. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah so. so the dense cloud happens and god's there the rams horn they had to consecrate themselves first mm-hmm. was a piece of this and god wants to meet with the people yep his beloved people and so he um the cloud comes down there's a big thunderstorm it, it's to me i would be terrified again 
-hmm. if I'm looking at this, <laughs> then there's a ram's horn blast. That's when they can come up. I could just see me going, did you hear the ram's horn? Did you? I don't know. Did you hear it? <laughs> like, I would really want to make sure it was the ram's horn blast before I went up that right. I'm Not like, just a ram's horn, right, right. a ram's right. horn. Like you go first. Let's just see which ram it was. Now I'm backing away from trying to touch them out. I'm like, oh, let's see. No, no, don't go. It was a Abinadab calling his sheep. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, as we move through Exodus, we're going to hit um, Exodus 24, and then we're going to kind of cruise through 25 through 31. But um, this part to me just says like, listen close, because we're about to get into the details. Mm -hmm. Like you have, we've looked at big picture. We've looked at um, kind of the history and we've, we've walked through these big giant things together, but now we're going to get into the details. And now is when things are going to get really specific. So Turn your lip, put your listening hat on. It's time to go. And God gives all kinds of instructions here. All kinds of instructions here mm -hmm. about offerings, the Ark of the Covenant, sacrificial tables that they're going to build, lampstand, tabernacle, the altar of the burnt offering, the courtyard, the oil for the lamps, the priestly garments, the ephod, the breastplate, the priest, the altar of incense, the atonement of money, and um, something else that I can't read in my note. <laughs> did anybody else? Did I miss anything? Personal injuries. Point. Oh, go ahead. Oh, the basin. Oh, the go. basin for watching, washing, washing, incense. And anointing oil, everything else you got. Yeah. And God has very specific plans. Um, we know from the beginning of Genesis that God is a God of order, that he is a God of intentionality, and he is still showing himself as a God of order and intentionality here. And he's like, mm. this is what's going to happen. This is the order it's going to happen. And this is the size of the tabernacle. And oh, you want to build an ark for the covenant? It's going to be this. And it's going to be made of this. And it's going to look like this. And I mean, you want to talk about a guy who knew what he wanted. And not only useful, but beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Overlaid in gold. Everything is just shiny and beautiful and reflection of God's beauty as they minister to him, mm -hmm. um, as they make their sacrifices and stuff. And have relationship with him. It's God's mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. so this one was a tent so that it could move with them through the desert. Um, but then Solomon built the the big main one. Mm -hmm. A real temple. Uh, yeah. Stone, brick, oh, whatever. Stone. Yeah. 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 One of the things I love that Dr. Miller said in his um, lecture was, you know, everybody else was living in tents at that time. And so God doesn't make himself totally different by saying, build me a house like, you know, a big palace. He just has a palace of a tent. He's just, under, yeah, it, it's a tent like they live in, mm -hmm. but it's God's tent. It's his house. So I thought that was kind of a nice way to look at it, that God's, you know, he's not separating himself out, um, He's, he's showing them that, you know, he can, he can live like that in a tent, but it's going to be, it's going to be a reflection of him. 
Well, they're on the move too. And they are on He doesn't want a permanent uh, structure right now because they, whenever the pillar of cloud or moves. pillar of uh, fire moves, yeah. that's their sign to get moving too. So everything comes down, is put away and carried off to the next place until the cloud stops again. Think how much work yeah. that is. What? Think yeah. about who has to carry the Ark of the Covenant. Carries what? Yeah. Whoa. I mean, yeah. so... The very presence of God could kill people. Mm -hmm. God wasn't making all these rules so that everyone would have to be all fancy for him. He was doing that so that they could live and be in his presence, yeah. right? So that's the holy of holies, the washing, the sacrificing, all these things that had to happen before they were able to meet with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah, it's man. kind of a picture too of, you know, we don't, we some of God's promises, you know, we've talked about are unconditional. Um, they're unilateral. God says, I'm going to make you a nation. Mm -hmm. But now here he's having, they have to do some things to be a part of that nation. Now it's a little more of a, a conditional thing. I'll do this if you do that. So if you want to come near to me, you got to wash your hands. And you've got to sacrifice this to worship me. God's, God's putting down some things for them now. Um, and it's not for them to show themselves righteous. It's to show more their willingness, their hearts. Are their hearts willing to submit to him and do things his way instead of their own way? Yeah. So he's moving from transactional to relational. To relational. Yeah. Because every just, relationship is give and take, right? Yeah. You know, it's a joint effort, a joint venture. Mm -hmm. And so now I think he's saying, okay, now we got to join up. Mm -hmm. So he's giving all of these instructions and talking to Moses because Moses is a man called up to the top of the mountain to meet with God. And he's there for 40 days and 40 nights while the rest of the people are down, still not touching the mountain. Mm -hmm. And... God is giving all of the instructions to Moses and he's like, this is what, you know, this is what's going to happen. And this is my plan for us. And then Moses goes back down and he looks around and he's like, well, that didn't last very long because he comes down the mountain after only 40 days and 40 nights. And he finds that all the people are worshiping golden calves that just jumped out of fires. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. That's what Aaron tells Aaron. us. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know, like, man. I, I was like sitting around. The people started bringing their gold. I'm like, I just threw them in the fire and out came this golden calf. Yeah. Like I said, let's make s'mores. And they thought they meant make more of like a calf. <laughs> right. So don't you think Moses is like, you are idiots. Like, could you not keep yep. it together for one month? Yeah. I think Moses is pretty upset. Yeah. Well, and I think God's upset. Yeah. Yes. But the way Moses asked for forgiveness is he asked based on the promise that God had already made, mm -hmm. that unconditional promise, this is your seed. You, yep. the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. It, Aaron, it wasn't me. He's a big old chicken. Mm -hmm. Um. But then how did that relationship between God and the people change? Is God removed himself at that point. Right. Because God was like, oh my gosh, 
I, I think he, you people. right. I think he almost sent himself to like a timeout. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I need to regroup here. But um, Moses yeah. asks to, to speak to God. And um, in chapter 33, it says that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as he speaks with a friend. Yeah. which I think is so precious and they have that relationship. And so he, Moses is like, Lord, please, please don't leave us. These are a stiff necked people, but please don't leave us. Remember don't go with us. We're not going. Yeah. I'm not going to go without you. Right. Yeah. yeah. So God is like, okay, all right. Because you asked, not because of these crazy, unfaithful, <laughs> stiff-necked people, because mm-hmm. you asked, I will, I will do that because that relationship was there. Yeah. So that relationship has moved very much from a transactional relationship to an actual relational relationship. Yeah. And Moses kind of reminds me this uh, about, of Paul, mm-hmm. you know what, the people, they're your people, I love them. I can't mm-hmm. bear to think that they're going to go try to go on without you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we just can't go without you. Yeah. And Paul's the same way. These are your people. I love them. I want them to get to know Jesus. And I think that this shows that from the very beginning, God is a God of relationship. God is not a God of transaction. God is a God of relationship. And there's a huge difference there between the Egyptian gods that, that have been present with these Israelites for their whole lives. And now they're stepping out of that into the relational aspect of the one true God. Who's like, guess what? You guys keep messing up, but I'm here. I'm still here. I am still here. And he is so gracious. So, so thankfully, his covenant does not, it's not conditional on us. Mm-hmm. It's an unconditional one and it's on him. It's all on God. by grace. Yes. That we're saved. Mm-hmm. Even, even with the Ten Commandments, it, it, it still was by grace. It wasn't that the Ten Commandments, obeying the law or following everything to the letter was going to save them. You know, right. they were only saved by faith. Mm-hmm. We know that the law does not save you. It doesn't right. save you. You can, this, the whole thing about um, the law is to show us that we cannot be good enough Can't to deserve that. God's mercy. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and we need something more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need an ultimate sacrifice, which is Jesus. So once again, the gospel's preached here. And mm-hmm. Dr. Yep. Miller was talking about that. He was saying what he did is he bought the people with the blood, with the plagues and the blood of the firstborns. He bought the people from Egypt. Um, they talk about the confirming the covenant with that. They had um, the blood, the meal, and the writing. And so if you look at, at the just the part of being bought, we're bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that's reflected also in the Last Supper, which is the next thing, a meal together. Um, so all this keeps getting reflected. And of course, they're Jewish people. These will be the Jewish traditions, and they should reflect that. But what we need to see as Christians is how they then write, um, reflect our new standing in Christ. 
So we have the blood, the meal, and then the writing. Well, in this situation, the writing was the Ten Commandments. But then God says, I'll write this on your hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's who we carry with Christ in us. That's where the new covenant is. Yeah. The, and the covenant that was made in, in Exodus here is carried out because God has given them instructions previously. He gave Moses all the instructions to build the tabernacle and was very specific about it, right? But then that work was um, maybe, should we say, postponed because they God, or Moses went down and the people had lost their minds. Well, now they have, God has said, like, I will show how awesome I am. And it's, and I will show that it's because of my relationship with you and that your people will see that. And so they have this reawakening and they see God for who he is and how gracious he is. And they see that that covenant is still carrying through, even though they have messed up over and over and over again. And they build the tabernacle Mm -hmm. and they follow the instructions down to the letter and they do it with happy hearts. Like they are willing to provide the goods. They are willing to provide the labor. They are willing and able to do these things and happy to do it. And so God is now dwelling among them, mm-hmm. which is a huge deal for them. Because remember, not long ago, these were the people who were enslaved and then freed and then were worshiping golden calves. And now finally they have come to see God for who he is and how gracious he is. Yeah. There's that last part in 40 where it says, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled upon it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. I think he kind of mentioned that as like, okay, now he can't meet with them. But to me, I was like, the glory of God is here mm-hmm. and it's clear. And it's like, okay, maybe you can't go in, but worship outside. Right. And, and I like what you were saying, Suzanne, just walking through that whole process. That's the same thing for us as we come to Christ. We're kind of dorks, <laughs> dorks even at the end. But anyway, I'm just going to speak for myself that way. But hopefully our progression with our connection to God, we learn things along the way. We read more Bible, we do more Bible studies. We engage in church and, and, and in the scripture and prayer. And then hopefully towards the end of our walk, as we're walking, it's like there comes a point where the glory of the Lord is in us Mm -hmm. and fills us. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. There's a lot of Jesus in that part too, by the way. Yes, there is. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of Jesus. Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of whom, would somebody like to pray for us? I will. Okay. (laughs) Lord, um, we just pray that as we learned about how the Israelites had to be taught how to obey you and to follow you and to do everything just as you commanded, we pray that in our lives, when we get a message from you that you want us to move out or stay put or learn something new or build something new, that we will be careful to do everything just as you command us to. And we just pray, Lord, that your um, your spirit will be strong in us and that we'll see the direction that you have for us and, um, and give us strength and courage to follow along. We thank you for this podcast, Lord. Thank you for everyone that listens. And we just pray, Lord, that... Um, 
everyone who's listening will get a lot out of this as we did just studying it. And uh, we just thank you for um, Dr. Miller and just pray for him today, wherever he is, whatever he's doing, that he will really feel your presence with him. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And cut. <laughs> <laughs>